this is Nina Camille, and you're listening to the Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 128, entitled, What Are You Carrying in Your Heart? Now, that wasn't a rhetorical question. That was just a question to my listeners, because I know sometimes they think, Greg, you know what? Your wacky titles, the way you come at things, they literally force us to think. Well, if the title of this episode has got you somewhat disturbed. I want you to listen to this quote that I found that we're going to help set the stage. The quote goes like this. If you have problems, you need to deal with them. Don't play victim. Don't make yourself look like you're pitiful. Don't point your fingers. You stand and you deal. Face the world head on. Hold your head high and carry it to the universe in your heart. Now, the reason why we entitled this episode, What Are You Carrying in Your Heart? is because of our featured guest. Our featured guest is tied in with nature. She's tied in with her spirituality. She's tied in with all of these great things that eventually we're going to talk about here today. And so, without further ado, our featured guest is a transformational facilitator. She's a teacher. She's a space holder. She's a coach. She's an author. She's a yoga instructor. She's a retreat leader and a movement artist. She is the creator and leader of the Experience Freedom, which is a 14-week online group program plus a luxury retreat for men and women radically opening and discovering the truth of who they are in a safe, expansive, and loving container. Her passion lies in guiding people to their true inner freedom, deeper connections, and authenticity in a special way, or excuse me, in a way that is practical, sustainable, and miracle-inducing. Her work in the world is to live life to the fullest, to challenge every perceived limit, to be a living reminder that we all are loved, bask in our own inheritance of abundance, and share all of this by teaching others to live fully, freely, and purposeful. She's also the co-author of a book compilation of seven women's stories. Hers highlight the period of her life in which she went through a radical awakening because of her heartache, her loss, her grief, resulting in her discovering her purpose and turning her mess into a magical and being able 
to service the world. Now, I know I said a mouthful, but let me preface it this with this other quote. And it goes like this. The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with a heart. And so I go back to my opening question. What are you carrying in your heart? And without further ado, I would like to introduce our featured guest today for episode 128, Nina Camilla. How are you doing today? Any opening remarks for you? <laughs> Thank you so much, Gregory. I can feel the connection you have to your heart when you're sharing these questions. And I'm just really grateful to be here with you this evening and with everybody out there who's listening. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, you know what? We are so delighted to have you on board. I mean, you're in Tulum. I mean, this is like paradise for you. I mean, you are connected. You're connected to the retreat. You're connected to the ocean. You're connected to the beach. <laughs> I mean, all these great things are like right at your footsteps, right at your doorstep. I mean, you got to love that, right? I sure do. It was designed this way intentionally. It was not an accident that I ended up here. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, so let's dive in. Let's dive in to cut to the chase and and really kind of talk uh, a little bit about, you know, what are we carrying in our hearts? Because, you know, a lot of times we find that we carry burden for so long, we carry baggage for so long in our lives that it causes us not to even look in the mirror and understand that we are the person that's still carrying around historical baggage that that really we should have thrown in the trash many, many years ago. And so I'm going to dive in here and I'm going to basically start out by asking, you went through a radical awakening of heartache, loss, and grief. How many years ago was that? Mm, it was most of 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was your heartache uh, due to uh, a love loss or um, a significant other, or was that family-related? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. I had all three of those happen to me in a manner of about 10 months, actually. Wow. Well, we're, we're certainly, uh, our condolences go out to, uh, to you and your, and your losses there. Certainly, uh, we did, we know sometimes this can be a very touching discussion and, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to press those issues, uh, if, if, uh, if they're unwarranted, but certainly our condolences go out to you. So during this period of time, this radical awakening, you know, was that a period in time where did you find yourself in the dark cloud? Were you in the dark shadows? I mean, what were what were some of the things that you were facing at that time that really gave you your purpose to kind of move yourself away from that and really bring your magic to others that you currently serve today? 
Yeah, it, it really, it began with a heartbreak. Uh, it, it's really started with me coming home from work one day and my partner at the time ending our relationship seemingly out of nowhere in my experience. And I was so deeply attached to him and the idea of our life together that I had never even considered that that would ever be an option. And it was really the first time in my life that I think I allowed myself to be as sad as I actually was because it was the most devastating amount of pain I had ever experienced in a human body. And it was all emotional. And I remember going through that and, you know, just being on the bathroom floor crying until 10 in the morning because the pain hurt so bad and I couldn't imagine a life without him. And also thinking at the same time, wow, people have been through this though. Like this mm-hmm. is what movies and poetry and art is inspired out of, that humans have survived extreme heartbreak and loss of attachment many, many times before me. How did they possibly get through this? Because I feel like I can't survive it. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt. I truly thought I could not get through the amount of emotional pain I was in. And you know what I realized was that once I had allowed for an opening, It wasn't just the pain of losing my relationship that I was experiencing. It was that I had finally opened the floodgate of most of the pain I had been running from, distracting, or numbing through most of my young adult years. So pain from my childhood, pain from being an adolescent, pain from growing up as a human being on the earth. You know, we experience so much contrast, and I think there's a lot of societal pressure to just keep it together or just be happy. And being a natural optimist, I wore that just be happy hat like a mask so easily. And I I wore it really well until it was time to feel the hurt. And it felt like all I could feel. And shortly after that, my best friend died out of nowhere um, a handful of months later. And it It was me experiencing the same depth of heartbreak in a different context, but now I had tools for it because I had already gone through so much pain and really given myself permission to feel it. And so by the time death came, I had new tools and new ways of holding myself and new ways of articulating how to hold oneself through grief and heartache. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after that, my mom went into an induced coma and I watched her, you know, with tubes in her nose and throat for four days straight, not knowing if she would ever wake up. And there were back-to-back hurricanes in my Caribbean home and wildfires in my hometown. And it was like this just the pins were just being knocked down over and over. But I realized that because I really allowed myself to feel that depth of pain and that first heartbreak and to really learn how to navigate it, I had so many great tools and people started reaching out and asking me if I could help them because they were watching online. I share very openly about my life and my process that I was really getting my ass kicked just over and over, but I was able to move through it with a relative amount of grace and to really articulate what it was like. And so people were able to connect to my message and all of it was kind of birthed through that. 
Mm. Wow. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm almost speechless just hearing all of those, those things happening to you literally in a series of events that went across what, what was that several years, two years? Oh no, that was about a 10 month period. (laughs) It was about a 10 month period. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. Wow. You, uh, you are, you are the, uh, you are definitely a person of, of respect and resiliency that, um, can really, you know, offer a tremendous amount of, of knowledge and know-how, like you said, I mean, you know, trying to deal with grief is one thing and then dealing with rejection or breakup and then dealing with, you know, natural disasters and everything else. I mean, when you've got these things hitting you back to back to back over such a short period of time, I think statistically a lot of people would have a different perspective of life than than what you had, you know, because they would probably say it's time for me to give up here. This is this is not meant to be because uh as we all know, starting over is hard, you know. It's hard. You know, you got to have a lot of mental fortitude to be able to start over, pick up the pieces and and not only that, mend yourself back together to be able to to be able to put your foot forward and to hop back on the horse or check back in the life or, or jump back into the game. Um, you know, we commend you for, for what you've shared, uh, to us. And, uh, and obviously we're, we're, we're delighted and happy for you at this point in time that you're in a much, much happier place in, in life. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, interesting to me when I watch a lot of the narrative around living a heart-centered life that it's soft and Mm -hmm. you know for the gushy and really in my experience living a heart-centered life takes more courage than anything else I've ever done ever it really it, it will take you to your knees repeatedly and it's having the strength and the courage to not only get back up and meet the day again but to use what you've moved through in service to others and to have the courage to share your story when like i said a lot of us are encouraged to put a happy face on to not talk about the ways that we're hurting or the things that we're afraid of and that shame is really what keeps us bound it prevents us from healing and being free because true healing and freedom from our shame, from our burdens, from our trauma is what allows someone to live a life like I do now, where I literally feel like I'm in a postcard all the time. And I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't have been taken down real hard and shown the power of acknowledging what I'm really carrying. And that mm-hmm. truth actually takes acceptance of the parts that hurt too, and to really honor all parts of the human journey, which includes the pain and the trauma and the fear and the grief. Right, right. You know, you brought up, you know, at least multiple valid points, and 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 the one thing that that I want to kind of segue on a little bit is, you know, you you said earlier that you wore the happiness, even though deep down inside you, you were not happy. You know, there's so many of us as we're talking about, what are you carrying in your heart? 
that put on this persona. They put on this false pretense. They they walk around in the shadows. And like I said, when they look in the mirror, they don't even recognize themselves. When you were in that position and when you finally realized that you were have to go through this this tumultuous experience and really go through the process to really find yourself spiritually, soulfully, and and improve your overall mindset. Help us understand what type of process did you discover or encounter for yourself that helped you begin to kind of put the pieces together? I mean, did you have other coaches? Did you have other mentors and guides that really provided you with uh this type of information, or was there a, a different program that you went through? What was the secret sauce, as I would call it, that kind of helped put you back on course? Yeah, this is a really important and beautiful question. I I feel like I was kind of willing to do literally anything to not feel the way I was feeling. And mm-hmm. so I actually hit it from almost every direction imaginable. I had healers, I had a mentor and a coach. Uh, I am a yoga teacher and I was back then as well. So I turned back toward my yoga practice, uh, began a meditation Mm -hmm. practice. I read every book I could get my hands on and I started abstaining from all of the things in my life that I knew were not going to move me in the direction I wanted to go. I was a partier. I was highly social. Most of my friendships were revolved around the party scene because that was the first business I had built. And so I I had to be willing to let go of everything I had known if I wanted to feel something I had never felt. Uh, But I will say that, you know, of all of the healing work that I did and all of the yoga hours I put in and the meditation, the biggest result for me was when I went through a group program with other men and women who are also on a path of awakening. We were Mm -hmm. at many different stages of our awakenings. I was unique and so was each other individual in the group. But in my experience, and especially knowing what I know now about healing trauma, it really is the shame that we carry that prevents Mm -hmm. us from looking at what needs to Mm -hmm. be healed. And so like Mm -hmm. you said, the shame is what has us keep that happy face on because we're afraid that if someone saw how bad I hurt, they wouldn't want to be there for me. They would think I was a mess. They wouldn't trust me. They would know all of the you know shadows, all of the darkness, all of the fear that lives inside me. If anyone knows that, they won't love me anymore and then I'll really be alone. That's the story that you know we carry in our minds. And that shame prevents us from being witnessed and seen and loved, which is really the only thing we need in order to heal is just love. It's it's not that hard. It's that we create this like shellac between our tenderness and our heart and the outside world that can love us through it. And so when I entered into a group program, It was the first time that I was sharing amongst a group of peers the things that I thought for sure made me unworthy of love. And Mm -hmm. they loved me anyway. And Mm -hmm. my whole world blew open because the story was, if I share this thing that I've been through, I will be rejected. And when I was loved even more as a result of sharing that in a safe container that was being held by somebody I trusted, my coach and my mentor... Mm -hmm. I experienced a deeper connection 
And people wanted to be around me even more because they connected to me more and they understood me more. And when other people were sharing their stories with me, it didn't make me want to run from them, even if they were horrifying stories that were almost unimaginable. I wanted to know more. I wanted to love them more and be more connected with those people. And at that moment, I was like, oh, this is how this works. And so that's why I created a group program for myself and I've built my whole life around it because it was the thing that actually really freed me and allowed me to experience the one thing that I really, really always needed no matter what was going on in my life. And that was connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I <clears throat> excuse me. I certainly appreciate you sharing that because, you know, for anybody that's listened to some of our earlier episodes, you know, they understand from, from my perspective that, you know, I also went through something very, very similar to what you described, um, you know, with your family and your significant other and all of the things that, that hit you like a ton of bricks. You know, for me, my story was like, my mom called me and said, you need to come home. Um, I knew it was bad, you know, with regards to my father. Um, my father passed away literally two weeks after my birthday. Um, then after that, my my business that I had been running successfully for 12 years or so uh, took a tremendous downturn because we're in the middle of a political change as far as our presidency. Um, you know, White House office. Um, so government contracts were not being pursued quite as often. I was going through, you know, a hellacious divorce with, uh, you know, my two young daughters, uh, being involved, uh, with that. And, uh, you know, to get to the end of the story, I mean, I, I freaking lost everything. Okay. I'm talking about everything. You know, I had to leave the country because what I was carrying in my heart was going to kill me if I continued to face the people that I had to face. And I needed to do some soul searching. I needed to understand how I could get my life back together. I had to step away from everything that I ever knew that made me successful to basically start over again. And, you know, why am I saying this is because you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, it is about connecting. And when I connected with the people that realized that they were showing me what I was missing, showing me, you know, the unconditional love, treating me with all kinds of kind acts of fairness and, you know, helping me build that inner strength back up again in my life, man, that was the best therapy that I could have ever gone through in my entire life. But it was in a different country. And being in that different country where no one knew me, where no one could cast, you know, their negativity, you know, oh, look at him, you know, he lost fucking everything, you know, multimillionaire, now he's broke, you know, and blah, 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 you know, whatever, whatever hatred could come about, you know, I didn't want to deal with it at that time. 
But I knew deep down in my soul and in my heart of hearts that I'm like, if I get over this, then I will continue on my journey, but do it even better and rebound in a facet that would be even better than where I was before. Because all the things I did before, you know, some were perceived as being, hey, you know, Proctor, you're a little, you're you're not quite as diplomatic as you need to be. And, uh, you know, <laughs> some of your business uh, folks are saying, you know, you're, you're a little hostile with them. And, you know, so there were things that I was, I was always wanting to improve because of, of, of how, who I was at the time. But, you know, it's just one of those things where until you like it, like we've talked about, until you look in the mirror and you really question yourself and you really look for those attributing factors, you know, and when you have to go through something so traumatic in your life and it shakes you to the core, you know, most people have no idea what that's like. I mean, to me, I define that as hitting rock bottom, you know? Yeah. And what I've seen is that the people who have hit that point are people who have the most embodied compassion imaginable Mm -hmm. because we know Mm -hmm. what it's like. And there's, when people are at that point and they come to me, I'm so stoked for them because Mm -hmm. I know that what happens when everything you thought was true for yourself has been ripped away, you Mm -hmm. actually look around and go, who am I now? Who am I in this moment? Aside from all the things that my family, society, culture, my gender, my race, my economic status, my social status, all this crap that I'm being told I'm supposed to be because, who Mm -hmm. am I really? Mm -hmm. And you get to rise from that place you end up as this truly authentic version of you that people can't help but love because you're letting them see you, like really see you. And we don't feel love until we allow ourselves to be seen because Mm -hmm. the game we play is be this way so we can get love. And when that mm-hmm. happens, we don't even trust the love we get because we know that we duped someone into giving it to us because we played the role that we were told we're supposed to play in order to get it. If I'm an X, Y, and a Z because it's what people want and they love me, they don't mm-hmm. love me. They love X, Y, and Z, and that's not really the real me. And so I go around wondering why I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to in order to get love, but I'm not feeling love. I'm not really receiving it. It's only when I say, screw X, Y, and Z, I'm going to just be me, all parts, and then I allow myself to be seen and witnessed and someone actually loves me in that place, which goes against all the stories that we build up from the time we're kids, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's when I start to really feel love. And it's when I can really give love too. I'm in this whole new state of giving and receiving and the world changes from that perspective. You start looking at every single human on the street and you have love for them because you know that all of us are on a journey that the only people who do things that are unkind are people who are in pain and don't know who they are. And the more we walk around authentically and actually own who we are and be loving and compassionate, in my experience, that's what changes the world moment by moment by moment. Right, right. 
Yeah, very, very well stated there, uh, Nina. You know, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, you're spot on. I mean, this this really comes down to your individuality and your deep commitment towards creating, as you've alluded to, a more homo- harmonious world, you know, living consciously, you know. I mean, that that in itself requires you to, as I say, or should my mom, my mom used to say, get outside and take in some fresh air. You know, you don't, you shouldn't be in the house all day, you know, and, and the sentiments of some of those old phrases that, that embody me today as an adult, you know, they resonate, you know, they, they, they have purposeful meaning in life when, you know, something like that, get out of the house, take in some fresh air. You know, it's it's, it's it's like you need to get out and experience life. You need to get out there and 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 not be stuck in your own shell and 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 take things in in a in a positive manner and be humbling, you know, about what you do. And uh you know it's taken a long time. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, calendar year 2012 was probably the worst year of my life. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I should have been dead, but man, it surely felt like I was on my way. <laughs> That's how bad that year was for me. But, uh, you know, here I am today, this is 2021 and, uh, you know, looking at things in a lot more positive spirit, you know, everything is completely rebound people have joked with me on the, on the aspect of me saying, well, COVID for me just created my creative juices and it allowed for me to be more creative than I've ever been in my entire life across all three of my endeavors. And so for me, what I'm carrying in my heart today, you know, is really about how can I give back? How can I share? How can I leave my legacy? How can I help put something out there in the world that I know that someone needs. They need their heart fulfilled. They need that nourishment of knowledge. They need to hear that there's other people out there living the same way that they're living today. They need to hear that people have struggled just like they're struggling today to overcome those difficulties and those adversities that they're dealing with currently in their present day and situation. You know, that's what my life is all about. And that's what my heart is carrying. Mm, I love that. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want to leave a legacy of love. We want to leave mm-hmm. this planet better than we found it. And, you know, there's that old saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. And I, I cannot count how many times I've repeated this, but I can't hand you a pen if I don't have a pen first. And the mm-hmm. same thing for compassion, for love. If I can't find compassion for the experiences that I've been through as a human, if I'm beating myself up and thinking I should be somewhere where I'm not and I'm hard on myself, I'm not actually able to meet others with true embodied compassion. If I'm not making choices that are in alignment with the truth of who I am, if I'm not loving myself, caring for my body, not abusing it, um, giving really creating space for self-inquiry and being with me, I, I can't show up in a loving way. It wouldn't even mm-hmm. be possible 
people because I don't have anything to give. And so I really like to encourage people to start with loving yourself because it's actually the most generous thing you can do is to fill yourself up with enough love that the natural next step would be to give it away and to be generous and to want to contribute in the lives of others. When we have enough, we always want to give. That's Mm -hmm. in nature. And, you know, it really takes, like you said, looking in the mirror and being really real with ourselves and asking what would the next most loving thing for me be in this moment? What can I do to bring myself to a place where I'm so overflowing that I'm incredibly generous in my service? And that's how we leave that legacy of love. And that's how we leave this place better for the next generation and the next creatures and, you know, all of the waves of little ones that are coming in right now. Like we want to give them a gift that is greater than the one we received. Right. Right. Yeah. I uh, certainly agree with you wholeheartedly there. So uh, Nina, you know, there's, there's a couple other things I'd like to, uh, to briefly dive into. And one of them happens to be the um, freedom or excuse me, the experience freedom, which is your 14 week, online group program. Kind of walk us through that a little bit and, you know, kind of help shape the narrative around what can people expect in that program. And, uh, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because I think in a lot of cases, you know, when people think of, you know, going to a retreat, it's not necessarily going to a, a treat, a retreat because you have something wrong with you or, 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 you know, there's a mental illness or alcoholism or, or you're a sex addict or whatever the case may be. It's about healing your mind. It's about healing your body, healing your soul. And so I'm real interested in, in understanding more about your, uh, experience freedom, your, your 14 week online program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Thank you for asking. This is really my labor of love in this life. And you're absolutely right. This is not something to do because there's something wrong with you. It's for people who are looking for more and they know that it's possible and they're not quite sure how to get there. And they also don't want to do it alone. Having a coach or a teacher or a mentor is great, but having a group of people who are walking a path alongside you who actually get it, like you cannot put a price on that. It changes your whole life. And mm-hmm. why I do 14 weeks, it's about three and a half months, is because retreats are amazing. And often people will go on a retreat, have this incredible healing experience, and then they go back to their life and everything goes back to being the same. And mm-hmm. so what I do is create an extended container. The retreat is actually in the middle. So we do some prep work. We set the stage. We create some connections and some safety between us as a group. And then we go on retreat in person. And then once the retreat is complete, we go home and we integrate and we actually learn how to develop the skills necessary to embody what we uncovered, what we learned, all of the magic that happened. How do we actually bring it into our life every single day so it changes the way that we live, the way we treat people, the way we feel, and we get to keep the results always forever and they continue to deliver over time. So, I mean, some of the things that end up happening as a result are you get friends that are family for the rest of your life. You go through an experience like this with 10 other men and women, and you'll never not love them. Um, the connections that are created are, 
are incredible through these types of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, expanded self-awareness, deeper connection to nature and the earth, deeper connection to self, the one self, um, a self-generated sense of inner peace and stillness, communication and conflict resolution skills, accountability so you can live in alignment with what you know, um, mm-hmm. authentic practices. I teach a lot about, you know, yogic principles, the chakra system and how to use it as a guide for self-healing. You get energy practices, um, a lot of information and tools to soothe and strengthen the human nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one leaves without a meditation practice. <laughs> right, right. Love, body appreciation, compassion, drastic shifts in self-talk, inspired action, I mean, people get drastic shifts in finances, relationships, work, business, emotional well-being, health, spiritual practice, confidence, intuition, creativity, gratitude, ninja level presence and listening skills. Uh, You know, the ability to trust and receive from others. That's like a huge one, right? We have these friends. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to actually call on them or really let them see us. So, you know, what I like to describe experience freedom as, is it's kind of like the padded room you can throw yourself around in when it comes to relating to other men and women and to take those skills and you bring them out into your life with your existing relationships so that those improve with your family, your friends, your partners, et cetera. Um, Business inspiration, more excitement for life, a deeper commitment to world harmony, a sense of hope, faith, trust, miracles, and really this like lasting connection and opportunity to continue sharing your results and receiving support from an epic community of men and women who are really committed to awakening, to love, to freedom, and to peace for all beings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly thank you for, for sharing that uh, in-depth and insightful um, uh, narrative there with regards to your 14-week online program. It certainly sounds like something that a lot of us could really capitalize on, particularly uh, coming out of the situations that we're coming out of presently, present day, with all of the craziness that is going on in the world. You know, a 14-week program to uh, really realign yourself, because I think leaving something um, behind after a pandemic or after social uprising or after any type of long-term just isolating events is, you know, we find ourselves, number one, wondering, are we still the same person that we were when we went into the situation? And I would have to beg to differ that a lot of people can answer that question and say no. I mean, they've learned a lot about themselves by being cooped up in their homes, by having to deal with their kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no schools, having to work from home, having to really have, you know, the four walls around you become not only your sleep haven, your entertainment haven, your work haven, your date haven, your party haven. I mean, it is it is all inclusive haven when you're living in your home 24-7. So, you know, retreats are good. And uh, soon as I can get to Tulum, you might have an unexpected guest to one of your retreats. <laughs> <laughs> I would be honored. 
my treats actually move around the world. So we'll see where this next one will be. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, you know, we're almost out of time. This is this has been a uh, a great, great discussion. And, you know, I really want to kind of read something off to you and really get your thoughts on it as kind of closing remarks. And it goes like this. It says, everyone has inside of them a piece of good news. The good news is you don't know how great you can be, how much you love, what you can accomplish, and what your potential is. Now, we've talked about what are you carrying in your heart. And if we all have a piece of good news inside of us, what do you tell your clients to help them tap into that good news, to help them understand that it's okay, to help them understand that they are loved unconditionally? How do you play that forward? Yeah, I love this quote, and I just keep hearing infinite potential. Like we don't have to find love. We are love. And so all we do is remove the blocks we have against it. And it it can be a process. You know, I'm not going to sell people this idea that just choose it. Okay, yes, you have to choose it. You have to choose to walk the path toward your own truth. And Mm -hmm. I have to climb a freaking mountain to get there. And that's part of life. But if you can find some comfort and joy and play in the journey of being a human, it makes getting there so much easier. And it can even be fun. I know that's a piece that a lot of my clients say, like, Nina, you make the hard work look fun. And I think that's because I've chosen for it to be fun. This path of self-discovery gets to be this daily constant inquiry of who am I today? How loving can I be to myself and others today? What is in front of me that feels most inspiring and aligned in this moment now? And how can I live my life in a way that is truly a reflection of what's inside of my heart? And for me, it's so exciting to encourage people to do that and to walk them through that process because I know what happens in our life when we start making choices from our heart. It is only magic and it's generosity and compassion and connection and we make more money and all of like the human stuff that we want comes as a natural result of living in alignment. And so the first step I ask people to take is to get really clear on what their own needs are, even from a physical health and well-being perspective, sleep, hydration, a movement practice, a meditation practice, nutrition, and like reflection. So journaling, getting thoughts out of your head and onto the paper. And if you can start with those six categories and really start to give yourself what you need, the only natural result is that you'll start opening You'll start hearing more of what's in your heart. You'll start feeling more inspired and you'll become more in alignment with who you really are, which is love. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us, Nina. Um, very well stated. And uh, we certainly, certainly will captivate some of the, or excuse me, we'll capture some of those, uh, some of those gems that you 
have provided uh, to us so graciously. And so since we're pretty much out of time, <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, we want to say thank you to to Nina. Um, this has been a a joy to get to know you and and quite a delight to to have shared this moment with you. And uh, hopefully maybe we can get you back in one of our, uh, you know, upcoming seasons to uh, to share more uh, regarding your journey and, and various things that you have going on. Um, if you're up for that and, um, and certainly the invitation is always open and of course, welcome to the cut to the chase family. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been Absolutely. such a joy. Of course, I'll Absolutely. Be back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You're welcome. So, um, as we wrap up here, uh, everyone, please, as I've always stated at the end of just about every single podcast, you know, let's maintain compassion and empathy towards one another. Let's try and unify our hearts in a manner that provides us togetherness in a harmonizing way. As, uh, as we've learned today in our discussions, you know, let's be the people we want to be and understand what we are carrying inside of our hearts should be love. And without further ado, this has been episode 128 entitled, What Are You Carrying in Your Heart? Thank you again, Nina. Thank you to everyone. God bless. Take care and bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.